0: Hi, I'm Katrina Daniel, and welcome to Primetime Crime, a podcast for people who want to know what goes on behind the scenes of the most notorious, trending crime stories, and what's going on in the minds of those involved in those stories. What are the detectives, the judges, defense attorneys, and prosecutors thinking? Joining me will be two award-winning journalists. Jerry Huffman and Ed O'Dell, who've also had a lifetime of experience covering some of the most twisted, infamous crime stories you've ever heard about. Primetime Crime, the podcast. Do you think that Gielan's life is in danger? Absolutely. If she squeals on some of the people that she has videos on, they won't be happy with her talking about that. And when you say that she has videos, or she has knowledge of videos that exist about people, people like who? People, well-known names? Very well-known names. Um, you know, the government officials, the, the politicians, the royalty. like the, you know, they were taping
1: everybody every moment when you walked into to the New York mansion,
0: to Palm Beach, everything was being filmed. Do you think people knew they were being taped? No. I
2: do not. Not at all. Hi, this is Edwin O'Dell. Um, we want to welcome to the uh, program uh, Dick Gregory, a former assistant U.S. attorney in the Southern District of Florida. Uh, you guys may remember him. He uh, handled a lot of the drug cases in the, back in the day, including um, uh, the Colombian Medellin Cartel and General Manuel Noriega the former leader of Panama. Dick Gregory, welcome. Thank you very much for having me, Ed. Yeah, and I do want to say that you had nothing to do with the Epstein uh, case or the Ghislaine uh, Maxwell case at all.
1: That That's absolutely true. I was in the Miami office, and, and actually the, the first I learned of this was when the newspaper came out uh, many, many years later.
2: Well, you know, <laughs> I've uh, covered a lot of the cases uh, in the Southern District, a lot of the drug cases um, Noriega medellin I was almost killed in medellin i'm and you know the River cops case in the Southern District, which was another big one for you guys um I'm not much a person to think about conspiracy theories, but with everything going on with epstein's um death that some say is you know was uh, well ruled a suicide, some say he was murdered. Now Ghislaine Maxwell, um, her father was killed under mysterious circumstances. Now a judge who was assigned a case up in um, uh, New Jersey, was it? Um, and suddenly, you know, there, her son is shot. It's like this is one of the wildest situations I've ever heard of.
1: What, what's fascinating here is the, the charges go back to things that happened between 1994 and 1997. Which uh, you know takes us back uh, well over twenty years ago, at least twenty-three years ago, and and that's very unusual, and uh, it's probably going to, to cause a number of uh, uh, pre-trial motions uh, that that uh, will be interesting to see how they're how they're handled and dealt with.
2: This is uh, this is true. Uh, what kind of impact does it have to have charges? Because I think. Many of the substantive charges that deal with uh, possibly uh, uh, procuring young people for Epstein, those were back in, in the 1990s. Uh, how is that going to affect the case?
1: Well, I think it, it, uh, uh, any time that uh, you, you have this amount of time passed, uh, I don't care who you are, your memory is not as good today as it was uh, 20, 23 years ago. And so, uh, although they may be uh, uh, incidents that that affected people uh, very profoundly, uh, remembering details and places and times is, is always more difficult. If if I were to ask even the uh, uh, most competent witness what he what he did two weeks ago, uh, I would bet you that it would t- it would take you uh, uh, a bit to scratch your head and try to remember exactly where you were, when, and what exactly you did. So. Anytime you deal with, with this much time having passed, it makes it difficult.
2: As you look at this case, if you were a judge, what would you be concerned about?
1: Well, this uh, this type of case has a lot of emotion in it. And so uh, uh, I'm sure that, that the judge is going to set uh, very strict guidelines on exactly uh, uh, what should be coming in and, and, and what shouldn't. And uh, I think, you know uh i don't care what the judge tries to do trying to to, to keep a witness who is uh, a very emotional about events uh to to uh, uh, limited testimony is is going to be a very hard thing to do and and i'm sure uh, uh that's something that is is going to come out
2: during the trial there is the questionable um, some would say questionable death of uh of epstein um, the Defendant Ghislaine uh, Maxwell has said that she has been threatened. There's death threats everywhere, <laughs> it seems like, and now even with this judge, um, connected to what is amounts to the financial end of the case. Um, would you be worried about security?
1: Well, I, I, I'm i not sure. I, I think that uh, security in terms of uh, uh, Maxwell is concerned I have a feeling that uh, everybody is so so uh, uh, so on top of that now it's sort of like uh, you know if if you had a uh, a car that that uh, was known for having a, a great deal of accidents it might be the best car to buy next year because you can be sure that the manufacturers went out of their way to make sure they fixed everything so it doesn't happen again uh, and i would I would be sh- i would be uh, very surprised if there was any any difficulty with that. What I was going to tell you, though, was I remember, and uh, it, it's uh, uh, sad to remember cases that you lose, but I remember indicting one of the uh, uh, lieutenants and one of the families in, in New York for a case in Connecticut years ago. And um, uh, because we indicted him, he was extorting Wayne Newton in, in Las Vegas. And when we indicted the case, the mob had him killed. And so the mob boss was killed and and uh, the only one left was his co-conspirator who was a defendant from Los Angeles. And the defense attorney did a brilliant job. He allowed us to put in all of the evidence we could put in on the mob boss because he was dead. And he pretty much sat quietly through all of that evidence. Uh, and when it was through, he argued to the jury my client didn't do anything. This was all the doing of the mob boss. And really, I think uh, that may be a defense in this case. They're going to throw it all on on Epstein and and, uh, uh, leave it uh, to the prosecution to try to uh, establish enough evidence to to convict uh, uh, the co-defendant.
2: Very interesting. Do you think, uh, I think they're talking about July 2021, um, that she will be sitting in jail or uh, in, a, in a cell waiting awaiting trial. Do you think this will go to trial?
1: Well, I, I, that's a uh, uh, an interesting question. Uh, and especially if if the defense um, files some of the motions that I would expect that that should be filed pre-trial, attacking the the uh, statute limitations and the time limits in the case, uh, that could go up to the Court of Appeals uh, uh, pre-trial. And uh, uh, if that happens, uh, it, could be, it could be further pushed back. Um, I'm not sure the defense would want to do that because she is sitting in jail, but on the other hand, uh, they have an obligation to, to make those motions. So um, that date is, is set now, but I wouldn't be 100% certain that uh, uh, it would go forward depending on what
2: happens with the defense motions. Who makes the decision on which judge lands this kind of case?
1: Well, generally, those cases are thrown into a wheel and, uh, you know, it it, uh, should be should come up by way of chance. So uh, I I would think, uh, although I'm not as familiar with the Southern District of New York, but I I would assume that uh, this case came up uh, uh, by way of the wheel. Now, there may have been a civil case filed previously. Uh, I think there were uh, uh, the victims in this case did file a civil action. So it may have the same judge as the civil case, and that may have had uh, uh, a part to play in who get chosen?
2: Is this something that a judge would salivate over, want to do it, or with all of the death threats and deaths surrounding the case, would he want to maybe say no, thank you or can he can he do that
1: well i i, I would think that uh, judges are are always anxious to take interesting cases and and uh, uh, get that kind of case. but uh, I would be surprised if if the any judge did anything special to make sure that the case got before them. I don't think that that could or should happen. And I'd be fairly certain in the Southern District of New York, they have a a very uh, 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 strong procedure on how judges uh, get chosen and cases get put in the wheel.
2: I want to go back to the security point. Um, I've talked to a couple of members of Congress recently in private conversations, and they've talked about death threats that they've had and um when they go home uh their city police are watching their homes uh when they're in uh, the capital Capitol police are are with them. Would a judge you know a warrant that kind of protection in a case where they have been death threats uh
1: yes that's a that's a possibility. most judges don't like to be uh uh followed around and I know from experience that uh you know it's not something that that is uh uh, very comfortable to have somebody watching your every move and looking over your shoulder and uh, being in front of your house every night. Um, I would think that that, that in this case, uh, the judge herself is not necessarily the, the target uh, of any activity. If something happened to the judge, uh, another judge would take over. So the real danger in this case is to uh, uh, Maxwell if the real concern is that she might do or say something that would expose others to uh, uh, criminal punishment.
2: I was going to go right back there. You know, here we have her uh, supposed lover, um, Epstein. Um, They said he committed suicide. She's saying, I think some reported uh, reports say that she's saying that, you know, he uh, was killed. Uh, She's in jail now. Um, She has said that she has received death threats. Um, How do you keep a person like that safe? when they're sitting in prison
1: well uh you know it is a uh, uh a process we use for uh cooperating witnesses that that uh, uh are in protection and uh there mm-hmm. are places that you can put them uh when noriega was tried here and in, in uh, uh miami they had uh, uh what we used to refer to as the submarine where we would put uh protected witnesses underneath the courthouse it was uh, uh, protected by marshals 24 hours a day. Um, the Epstein, uh, uh, murder is, is strange in that, uh, you would have believed that, that there should have been somebody watching him 24 hours a day that, that, that he should have been, uh, under watch. Um, but you know, that there, uh, uh, there can be things that, that, uh, happen. Mistakes are, are often made, but, uh, uh, it is a strange circumstance that uh, uh, this happened to him, no no roommate in the room, uh, and that's why there are people who question uh, whether or not it was a suicide.
2: You know, they, um, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell has, comes from a, a very prominent family. Uh, Robert Maxwell, her father, was a big me- media mogul, and he died mysteriously. Um, and, you know, he was disgraced uh, after he passed away. She is you know, uh, a socialite on two continents and uh, knew a lot of people. Uh, she apparently introduced a lot of people to Epstein. Um, there, there just seems to be a lot of people that would have a vested interest in this.
1: Well, it, you know, this case, is, is it really raises a lot of questions. Uh, you know, what is it that, uh, that they were so afraid that Epstein was going to testify about, who he was going to testify about? He certainly had uh relationships with a lot of very powerful individuals and he gained a uh, a lot of wealth and it's still uh not clear where all it came from or how he uh how he got it uh and to what degree uh, ms maxwell can can uh, uh, uh testify about that or is willing to uh, uh, cooperate with authorities it'll be interesting to see and it isn't just U.S. individuals who were involved. Obviously, there are, there are people from Great Britain. There are people from several other parts of the world who associated with uh, Mr. Epstein. And the question is, uh, to what degree were they involved in, in his, his criminal activity?
2: So you're a prosecutor. You did uh, <laughs> the Medellin cartel, obviously, uh, Noriega. Uh, huge, huge cases. What kind of deal? Could someone like uh, Ms. Maxwell's defense team make that you would accept as a prosecutor?
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. In one count of the indictment in which she's charged, she's charged with a conspiracy under Title 18 United States Code Section 371. There are actually two 371 counts. Uh, And 371 has a five-year exposure. So uh, she could go to jail for five years on those convictions. However, there is also, with the uh, uh, one of the statutes, that statute has its own conspiracy provision that could expose her to 10 years to life. The prosecutor chose not to use that particular conspiracy statute. Uh, interestingly, it's a, a wonder whether or not they're saying, listen, be smart, take a, a 371 conspiracy, expose yourself to five years, cooperate, and you could be out uh, fairly early. Uh, it's also uh, uh, possible they could say, "Yeah, but you could get convicted on the on the substantive counts and, and be in jail for ten to life." So um, uh, this is a this is an interesting question, and and uh, uh, I'm sure that it's one that, that she is thinking about, and her counsel are thinking about, and I'm sure it it's one that uh, uh, the prosecutor is going to be very interesting. But with someone like this you you have to make sure you get 100% of the truth from them and so in order to do that uh you've got to make sure you sit down and have meetings with them in which they they tell you anything and everything they could possibly tell you
2: what about uh, in a case like this the jury um they they would have to be concerned about uh, their safety in an emotional case like this how would you protect them
1: well it it uh, it it would be interesting uh um, you know, having tried uh, uh, the, the one of the leaders of the median cartel, uh, Fabio Ochoa, we had an anonymous jury. And so the jury was uh, chosen without them giving up their names or addresses. They, they, they dis- disclosed uh, essentially what portion of uh, South Florida they lived in, that is, you know, uh, Pearl Gables or, or, you know, a, a general section, uh, Liberty City. Um, but other than that, they didn't make any disclosures. Uh, and I would assume in a case like this, uh, if, if the, uh, request came up for an anonymous jury, that that's a, that's a possibility, uh, so that the jury would be, uh, uh, numbered. And although they would go through voir dire the way any jury would, uh, full identity may not be, uh, uh laid out. So, so if there was some concern about that, uh, it would be protected. Epstein,
2: suicide, not suicide.
1: Uh, okay, I, I, I hear you and I think there are probably a lot of people uh, <laughs> uh, saying that and, and certainly I think there are a number of people concerned about uh, uh, exactly what and, and how much he could testify to and I'm sure that the question is uh, uh, how much does uh, Ms. Maxwell know and how much she can, she can uh, uh, testify to. I, I would expect is Part of her defense in this case is that um, uh, she really had had uh, uh, no intricate knowledge of his his business beyond uh, her her uh, socializing with him. Uh, I'm not sure that will carry, and I would expect that a uh, good investigation, having been done by the FBI, they will be pretty thorough on on knowing uh, where she was when and, and uh, what financial transactions she had access to and. And so uh, if she begins to cooperate, there would be ways to determine if she's telling you the truth and the whole truth.
2: As I recall reading some of the news reports after Epstein uh, was dead, there was an effort by the uh, authorities to make sure that this situation went forward because there is so much information. It's still out there that we don't know. Could a defense attorney say, you know, hey, wait a minute, government, you're just being vindictive, and then you're trying to slam our client?
1: Well, I don't think that would uh, that would go very far. Uh, you know, when you bring a charge, the, the prosecution's uh, got an ethical and legal obligation to have proof beyond a reasonable doubt without uh, having to answer questions uh, beyond the... the uh, uh, scope of the indictment itself. So uh, I, I would expect that a judge would would uh, uh, try this case based on the uh, the allegations that are there, and and expect the uh, facts to be limited to to that particular prosecution. Now I will tell you they they have used several perjury uh, charges here, and perjury is a very difficult charge to prove. Why do I say that? The perjury cases I have tried have all been wiretap cases where you have the defendant saying something in particular. That defendant then having come in under oath, either in a grand jury or a courtroom or a deposition and giving a statement under oath, and you've got them uh, on a wiretap saying the opposite, that makes it pretty easy to prove. You know, did you say something on a particular date? But when you ask the question, did you have sex with that woman? Uh, that's a question that can, that can be, uh, interpreted in a number of different ways. You know, uh, uh, I never had sex with that woman. Okay. Are you talking oral sex, anal sex? You know, uh, uh what, what, did you mean by sex? And so, uh, vaginal sex, I mean, it, it, I'm sorry to be explicit here, but when you're talking about convicting somebody for perjury, you have to have, uh, uh, an answer, a direct answer to a question, which is uh, in fact false, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a that's a, that can be a difficult uh, uh, proof sometimes.
2: The um, you know the situation with um, as we talked about the drug trials that uh, that you participated in. Yeah, you know, I remember reading about uh, Ms. Maxwell, and she uh, came into a lot of funds that were transferred and moved around, and and, uh, you know, created, you know, the opportunity for her to have the lifestyle on the run that she had. Um, And it reminds me going back to the drug trials and, you know, the money that was being uh, spent for defense attorneys and the the rules and laws that were changed um, with uh, the actual use of drug money. Uh, Do you see any parallel here? Well, I, I, I don't know her her uh,
1: financial background, and there are no money laundering or uh, uh, financial fraud charges in this case. So I, I really um, I I couldn't tell you if, if uh, that is likely to, to, to show up in this prosecution. I would I would be surprised uh, only in that it you know it would be a question of relevance. Uh, uh, if they if she paid for the transportation of of one of these victims, uh, you know, there might be some uh, record of her credit card accounts or uh, where she got the money to pay for the transportation, if in fact she paid for it. Uh, and there might be some because it is a conspiracy, some evidence as to her relationship with Epstein, who's her co-conspirator. But as I say, uh, you know, throwing more blame on Epstein is, is, is not necessarily going to uh, make her guilty. In fact, as I say, a good defense attorney may well uh, say Epstein was a terrible guy, a horrendous person, uh, and it's a shame that, that she had any connection with him.
2: With her exposure, um, uh, as, you, as you describe, is it a possibility that she could just plead guilty, turn state's evidence, whatever? I would assume
1: that if she was going to plead guilty, uh, she'd either have to plead to the entire indictment, which would subject her to uh, uh, essentially what amount to the rest of her life in jail, or she would have to agree to plead to account that the uh, prosecution uh, agreed to. And I, I would be surprised if they'd accept the plea unless they had some sort of cooperation
2: agreement from her. Dave, uh, if, if you were the prosecutor, what would your strategy be on this case?
1: Well, it would be to, to simplify the prosecution as, as much as possible, where uh, Miss Maxwell herself was involved in in uh, activity with these girls, and she uh, it said that she took them shopping, she took them for trips. The the uh, whole uh, uh, theory of the prosecution has to be that this was done with the intent to to uh, get them to have sex with Epstein or somebody else that he directed them to have sex with, and uh, this is going to be a major issue in the trial. And and uh, the defense is going to be from Ms. Maxwell. I assume that that uh, uh, she had no idea what uh, what the travel was for. There's a very interesting Supreme Court case from the 1940s in which uh, the Supreme Court reversed the. Uh, the conviction of a couple of uh, prostit- house of prostitution owners uh, uh, in Nebraska who took a couple of their prostitutes on a, uh, a vacation. They went uh, and vacationed in Utah and came back. Uh, no intention whatsoever of, of, of committing any sexual acts. They were just took them with them on vacation. Uh, and they were charged with transporting them in in uh interstate commerce for the purposes of sex because when they brought them back to the business in nebraska they went back to uh prostitution and the defense is that uh you know that there was no prostitution involved in the trip and if miss maxwell says listen i i treated these girls well i was nice to them we helped educate them i took them shopping i took them to a movie but i never did anything with them to to uh caused them or forced them to uh, take part in sex or, or, or uh, uh, had any intention to do that. Uh, and uh, I'm sure that that's going to be a, a defense in the case and the prosecution's going to have to uh, make sure that the, the victims are able to place her on the scene uh, when sex was, was involved.
2: Uh, thank you, Dick Gregory, former Assistant United States Attorney in the Southern District of Florida. For um, those comments, Um, I think we got a lot out of that. Thank you.
0: I'm Katrina Daniel. Thank you for listening to Primetime Crime, the podcast. Follow us on Facebook at Primetime Crime. Instagram, Primetime Crime 7. And Twitter, Primetime Crime 3. Post your comments and tell us what true crime stories you'd like to hear about. Subscribe to Primetime Crime on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts.